Listeners, it's the missus. I have an announcement to make. My husband doesn't love me anymore. That is totally not true! Yes, it is! I'm usually the dramatic one, but you're saying this because I ate the last bag of House of Macadamia nuts. These are not just any nuts. These are the most luxurious nuts. And they're too good to resist. House of Macadamia are high in protein, vegan, paleo, and keto-friendly. Baby, I know you're bad and bougie, but don't worry. More are coming soon. I got us a subscription box. You did? It is not just us who can get this box. Curve on the Owl listeners can subscribe to my personalized box and try their subscription service and see what I'm raving about. Farmers in South Africa get a piece of the pie. Macadamia nuts become more available, and you can taste and try different flavors and items. So just go to anchor.fm slash curva-mundial and click on the link, which will take you right to my personalized box on House of Macadamia. And by ordering from Curva Mundial's special curated subscription box, you get 15% off and a free four-pack of snack bars are also included. That's great. Even better, sell some Curva Mundial's curated subscription box on House of Macadamia also help fund this podcast. So everybody wins. So all listeners have to do is go to anchor.fm slash curva-mundial and click on the link, which will take them right to your personalized box on House of Macadamia? Yep, and I did this all for you, because I love you, contrary to what you might think. So you say. Are you a footballer that finds their feet slipping and sliding inside their boots during a match? If so, Curva Mundial has a great solution for you. We've partnered with Technogrip Socks to bring you an exclusive offer on their new Featherlight Grip Socks. Technogrip Socks are different because they provide breathable comfort and next-level grip, but without the annoying bumps or thick and spongy material of traditional grip socks. Designed for athletes seeking sleep performance, Technogrip Socks are specially engineered with a unique grip yarn knitted into key areas of the sock providing superior control without the bulk. They're lightweight and moisture wicking with midsole compression, so your feet feel great in both practice and games. If you've been wearing grip socks, these are radically different and will take a little getting used to, but once you make the switch, you'll never look back. Head on over to technogrip.com. That's T-E-Q-N-I-G-R-I-P dot com and use code Curva15 for 15% off your first order. Again, head to technogrip.com and use code Curva15 for a 15% discount. You'll thank us later. Welcome to Curva Mundial. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Curva Mundial. I am your host, Sal Bono, and today my next guest is the frontman of Dexies. You know him from his hits like Gino and, of course, Come On Eileen. They have a new record out, The Feminine Divine. Please welcome to the show, Wolves supporter, Kevin Rowland. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you, Sabado. Uh, so excited to have you on. You're coming to us from East London. As I mentioned earlier, cool guy in a cool neighborhood, but you're from Wolverhampton. So what is so does that explain the Wolves fandom? Yeah. I mean, I left Wolverhampton when I was 11, moved to London, northwest London. And um, I wasn't even that um, aligned with Wolves, although they'd been really successful. They'd won a cup in the league in my lifetime, you know, and uh, two cups, I think. Um, anyway, 
but I moved to London just after my 11th birthday. And I had a broad Wolverhampton accent, which is very different to a London accent. So I stood out. And um, I was going to support initially Arsenal, Tottenham. I wasn't sure. I was just going to see how the landlays pick a team. But I got mercilessly mocked, taking the piss out of for my Wolverhampton accent. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize the accents were that different, though. Yeah. You know what? It's only 120 miles away, man. Right. They're so good. This is Wolverhampton. I talk, all right, my name is Kevin Rowland, and I come from Wolverhampton. And, the, and London will be, all right, my name's Kevin Rowland. I come from Wolverhampton. It's completely, to me, it's completely different. Right. You? Yeah. Does it sound different to you? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It's, yeah. What's crazy, this is what's going to sound a little nuts. The Wolverhampton version sounds a little more cockney than, which is cra- the way you just said it, though. Not saying that it is, not saying that it is, but it's just how my American ears have been tuned to what yeah, the... I mean, they've been mistuned. Yeah, they've been mistuned. We've been given... Fucking propaganda from Guy Ritchie movies over the years. So it's like, I don't know what. Yeah. Yeah. So then I thought, okay, I had to speak Cockney. I had to learn Cockney really quick just to fit wow. in a couple of weeks. I was talking Cockney. Um, but I thought, screw you. I'm not supporting your fucking football team. I'm going to stick with the Wolves. <laughs> I love that it was like so much like a, 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 a punk rock. It's such a punk attitude to even how to support that team. Um, it's yeah, great. It, it meant for a life of loneliness, you know, not life, but it meant for, a, you know, like all through school. I'd be, I went to three secondary schools. I was obviously the only kid in the school who supported Wolves. Everyone else would be Chelsea, Arsenal, right. Tottenham. But anyway, there we go. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, it's all good. It's all good. That's that's quite all right. So it has been a strange few years to be a Wolves supporter. Uh, there were points under Nuno Espirito Santos that the club was going to really be look, looking like a make a push in Europe. He left and things sort of spiraled. Given this new season coming up, like how does this feel for you? Like what do you think the team's going to do? Oh, I don't know. I can't predict. Um, I, can't predict. I like the new guy, but I loved Nuno. I loved Nuno. He was a great guy, and he even gave money to the poor people in Wolverhampton. And you know, he was just right. just a really, really good guy and a great manager. And I think they should have backed him. Um, you know, he was trying to prepare for Europe. He was trying to change the team, but I don't think he had the players with him. He needed backing, and um, I don't know. I think you know, I was surprised at how. <sighs> how much how much how little resistance wolves fans showed to nuno going i was quite surprised the ones i met anyway they were like oh well you know we need to move on but he's the guy who brought us up and got us finishing right. in the league twice you know just he had one bad season not even a whole season and they let him go i don't like that i don't like that with clubs and i don't like wolves to go that way you know um i don't like it that wolves have gone that way you know um I don't like clubs like Chelsea who sack their manager. You know, the, they win the league the year before and then they sack the manager. And, um, you know, Man City were like that pre-Pep. Um, but I right. hate to be like that because, all right, you might get some success, but how much does it really mean? How much does it really mean, you know, without, you know, when you kind of throw away your principles just for success, what does it really mean? I guess... I agree. It's also... 
Go on. No, no, continue. Sorry. No, that's it. No, it also kind of shows that unless you're going to bring like a bigger manager in, like when Everton had sacked their coach and brought in Ancelotti at that moment, it's like, oh, unless you're going to go and take a step up, then it's almost not, it's not worth it if you're going to sack for a like for like or someone of a lesser point. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. But there's, there, there's a fit for clubs. You know, there's a fit for clubs. And the likes of Angelotti, was just wrong for Everton, really. You know what I mean? It was just, right. I thought anyway, you know, but then he, he left in the first opportunity. He got a better, well, who wouldn't leave for Real Madrid, I suppose? But yeah. Um, yeah, but that's one of the things I found fascinating about, find fascinating about football. It's all the drama, just all the drama <laughs> around. I mean, it's just, you don't need a soap opera. That's a living soap opera. <laughs> It truly is. I always describe it as the world's greatest soap opera. I, I equate even Italian football as the opera. It is the modern opera because the most oh fun is happening off the field. Yeah. Yeah. True, true, true. But the, I mean, like the Premier League, there's 20 clubs last year, 13 managers got sacked or left. And I th and and four of them belong to Chelsea. So <laughs> <laughs> who's your team? Chelsea. So my my club is AC. I do like Chelsea. I do like Chelsea for Premier League, but my club, my my true club is AC Milan. Um, but to follow Premier League, I picked the focal point club, which is Chelsea, given their Italian heritage and players that they've had over the years. Um, plus a visit to Stamford Bridge didn't hurt either. So it was a uh, right, right. it was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but cool. it's it's I I don't like the direction the team is going under now. We'll see. I'm also not a Pochettino fan. I know people love really? him. I'm I'm not impressed. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, uh, mo most people do. I realize I'm the minority in that. I think with him, yeah. I just don't see. I see someone who's very good at building a club, which is maybe what Chelsea needs at this point. But I don't see a guy who is determined to win. Like he doesn't have the, um, the guts to make ch major risks or do things that, like a Mourinho or an Ancelotti, for instance, um, or a Guardiola, where he's he's good at building a foundation, and then you have someone else come in and take the reins. It's why, like, he gets Tottenham to a Champions League final, but they lose, and it's the most boring final of all time. So that's just my opinion of him. I understand that I'm going to get a lot of hate mail from that sentence. <laughs> no, it's not that. For no, me, it's not that. For me, what it is, there's an echo on my voice for some reason. Does it matter? Um, I think that was his first Champions League final. Right. I suspect he will learn a lot from that. There's not too many people win their first Champions League final. I suppose Mourinho and and some others, but um, um. I just think he's he's he was learning his trade. I think he made mistakes on that. What was the guy who scored the hat trick in the semi final for Tottenham player? Was it was it Lucas Mora? Yeah, yeah, he scored a hat trick in the semi final. Yeah, and he didn't didn't play in the final. Put Harry right. Kane instead, and Harry Kane wasn't fit. No, nah, and he didn't look he didn't look particularly great either. It was. It's a thing where you say to yourself, like, 
well, you're you're the manager making the big bucks. Like, don't you want to go for broke here? If you have a kid that just scored a hat trick, he's on fire. There's a rhythm there. And I, you know, when Pochettino took over PSG, I understand that that's a mountain to climb because of all those stars and there's so many expectations and the weight of the expectations are going to pull you down. But they looked worse than ever before. And you have Mbappe and Neymar and Sergio Ramos and, you know, a whole bevy of brilliant footballers and they obviously the team didn't click and we're seeing that this summer as almost everybody's jumping ship and wants greener pastures Messi's MLS so Joe Ramos might join him in MLS or even go to Saudi Arabia by the time this podcast airs that'll be figured out Neymar wants to leave Mbappe is looking to not renew uh Verate wants to leave so it's like that whole team just wants to just bow out um but if you can't win with all those guys, despite no cohesion and mm-hmm. make them almost worse, it's sort of, it makes me scratch my head going like, I don't know. Are you, are you, are you, are you up to snuff? I don't know. That's just how I look at it. Um, I think no one does well there, do they? Pierce, you know, nobody does their Paris Saint-Germain. Nobody right. does. Well there. Do they? Not really. Not really. I mean, the he... Atushil got them to a Champions League final during lockdown, but they lost to Bayern Munich. Oh, yeah, yeah. That back was about to, it. Tuchel, two Champions League finals back-to-back and wins one, loses one, which is not a bad record. Mm. Okay, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not a Chelsea fan, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I think Frank Lampard, as Gary Neville said, Frank Lampard made them a lot more likable because they're not an easy for, uh, club to like for neutrals. They're not. Yeah, in, that's true. They're not an easy club to like. I mean, you know, given their history and you know, um, but uh, I think Pochettino's a good guy. Let's see. I think he's a good yeah. guy. Yeah, I mean, I like him. You know, he's still a relatively young manager. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, it depends. You know, if they're going to be the old Chelsea, you know, you know, new manager every year or two years or whatever. Um, but if they really want to build something, they're talking about they want to build something. He so, is a good guy. To be. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. So let's see. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt too. But we'll see where this goes. Mm. You know, it's... It's it's weird. It just coming off this past season is just strange. Like they were unwatchable at points. It was just you spend a billion dollars and this is the crap that I'm seeing. Yeah, wow, um, not good. You and know, they signed that manager, didn't they? What's his name? Um, the guy from Brighton, Graham Potter. Graham, Graham Potter. Potter. Yeah. And they said, um, oh yeah, no, this is a seven year deal. You know, this is a long term deal or whatever. We're not into that sacking thing anymore. We've changed. This is a new era. We're going to stick with this guy, but they didn't. Okay. <laughs> it's it's got to be so for you to see the the change in football like that to go from loyalty and managers and players of loyalty to now that it's almost as if it's um, backroom deals and smoke and mirrors of yeah we're going to stick with this guy for seven years, but then seven months later he's out the door. What is that like for you to see that change? And this strange evolution over the years. Yeah, that's what I was saying at the start, really. I think it's a soap opera. It's not 
it's not what it was when I was a kid. There's, you know, it's rarely you get any hometown players in your hometown club. You might get one if you're lucky, you know, but a lot of the time there's none. And um, it's changed. It's not the same thing now. It's not, I think there was some, what was the, what was the, the rule about three homegrown players? Maybe that was internationals um, when I was a kid for like European competitions. I think right. you had to, they used to be, yeah. Three from your home country or something. I mean, if you had three from your home county or I don't know, then you know it would be a, it would be a different game, really. I think, but it's changed, so it's not about that anymore for me. It's about something else now. It's about all the drama for me. You know, yeah, he used to be at that club. Now he's been sacked at that club. He hates them. He wants to prove the point to them. Um, you know, that guy had an affair with his girlfriend. There's a lot of that going on. So this is going to be a big grudge match. How's this going to work out? You know, the stakes are so high. It's crazy, crazy money. Stakes are so high that people are just panicking and sacking managers. So that's what it's about for me, really. I know that's perhaps, you know, the purest football fan might not feel that, but I find that at least as entertaining as the football Sometimes oh, the games absolutely. are interesting. Yeah. You too, yeah? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's because the thing is, is that the game, everything is a build up to the match. It sort of reminds me of wrestling, like Vince McMahon wrestling, where, you know, back in, you had, you know, all these wrestlers talking trash to each other. You have the reporters, the journalists, and everyone's feeding into it. And who's the hero? Who's the villain? And then it leads up to the big wrestling match. Well, now it's just it, all that happens Monday through Friday, and then it leads up into the weekend. The match yeah. goes on, and who who becomes the victor and slugs it out? Yeah. It's, it's great. It's amazing. The stakes are just so high. You know, winning is all. It's just incredible, and um, the pressure is just turned up so high i mean i just don't know how these guys stick it you know these managers i don't know how they do it so it's just fascinating to watch it and um all human life is there you know it's such a drama but um also even the punditry is interesting i find that really interesting you know the pundits and they're digging each other out and um sometimes now it's getting a little bit cartoony it's getting <laughs> i like gary neville as a pundit but it's getting a little bit cartoony with him and um Carragher, I feel, which we which is what we have over here on Sky. Yeah, we have Carragher for uh Champions League. Um, and cartoony is the right word. That's yeah. Well, the, this is the rivalry that they're trying to drum up because the rivalry between Liverpool and Man United is massive, you know, it's absolutely massive. There's no doubt, but Sky is sort of playing up to that a bit too much for my liking. But the punditry is really interesting, you know, it's really Roy Keane. I love watching him yeah. he's great um but the punditry now here is massive i mean you may know or may not you probably do the those guys have just done a tour of arenas we actually supported them on one Whoa. show yeah Whoa. I, I didn't know that no okay. wow right the pundits gary neville uh jamie carragher and roy Keane. a few other guests coming here and there you know stuart pierce came on for a few minutes but basically, it's those three touring around the UK and Ireland to packed arenas, 
10,000 people a night, them just sitting there on couches talking about football? Kevin, I think I know what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> I tour the world in arenas and talk football. Um, yeah. This is 10,000 10, people sold out, sold out. Holy shit. I had no idea. Yeah, it's massive. Wow. It's massive. And, you, and you said you had supported one of the shows. We did a show with them. Yeah, I was really surprised to get the call. We did three songs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What was it like seeing a crowd or playing to a crowd that is not is yeah, there to hear people talk and you're a musician and you want to have fun? You know, it's no, a total no, no. It wasn't like that. It was, but it wasn't. It wasn't the partisan audience. We the previous gig we'd done was a Sky, the Sky TV, Sky Arts thing. Sky's the TV channel here. We did a. Um, we did a show last December for them. They filmed it, and um, that was great because it was all our fans, and it was just great. But um, you know, they, they, we, they were we treated with respect, and they were they were really nice to us. You know, the pundits and all that. But um, we went out, and we just they took a break, and we did three songs. And um, you know, it was the we the re I didn't really want to do it, but the, we decided to do it because it was the first single, the release, the week of the release of the first singles. We just thought it'd be a good launch for that. So we did the new single and a couple of a couple of others, and that was it. Old ones, it. yeah, that was it. it was all right. Well, let's let's talk Dexy, shall we? Yeah. So the Feminine Divine, your first new album uh, of music, new music in over a decade. What was it like to record and come back with new tunes? Ooh, um well i didn't really feel like i wanted to do music for a while and then about 2021 i just kind of felt you know quite inspired to do it and um yeah we just we just got together with jim and um mike and sean and and just you know put a few things together and it it, it sounded good um to have said earlier that you didn't want to make music for a little bit and then 2021 happened and you sort of started getting inspired again. Did it, does this ever feel like a job for you? Um, the promotion does, to be honest, that's the only thing. I, I, I hope this doesn't feel like a job for you doing this type of promotion <laughs> with me. It's now uh, half four here. I started at 10. This now... In 2012, the band famously changed their name when you relaunched the group. Now, all these years later, fans are still lining up to see you all play and hear new songs and, of course, the classics. But what is it like for you to still be doing this after five decades and and pushing into your 70s? Um. Um. Well, I, I've not well, been doing it consistently. Well, like, uh, we haven't done a tour for 10 years, so it's all new, really. Does it feel like you're starting over again? Yeah, it's always starting over. So do you support the New York team? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, in fact, I'm actually going to see them on Sunday. They're playing uh, Atlas from Mexico in, like, a... Uh, North America is trying really hard to make their own sort of summer Champions League with North American clubs. So I'm going to one of the inaugural games but yeah i do like the new york city team very excited to see that they're called new york city yeah new york city football club it is uh they're owned by man the manchester city group wow wow and what gates do you yeah. get so we get um so we have these mls matches uh which you know the american league which is super fun and super exciting they play at yankee stadium so they play inside a baseball field however within the next five years they're getting their own stadium 
in Queens, New York. Um, but the the first couple years of New York City Football Club's existence was they had David Villa, Frank Lampard, Andrea Pirlo. So for like a couple bucks, you would go see these legends. You know, you had two World Cup winners and Frank Lampard, you know, a legend. So it was it was amazing. And the seats are, were great. Uh, yeah. There's another New York City team as well, the New York Red Bulls, owned by the Red Bull Group. Um, super fun. Also, great, great stadium. Amazing stadium, in fact. And uh, for a while, you know, going to see Thierry Henry for 15 American dollars, it was cheaper to go to a game than it was to the movies. So quite fun. And is there relegation from that league? There is not. So that's been a quite a big conundrum. And that, yeah, that's been a conundrum. And that has been quite the controversy here. The owners do not want relegation because of finances and money and investments and all that jazz and branding or whatever. But a lot of the fans is a major push from, from fans to have a promotion relegation league. Cause there yeah. are second and third tier, tier yeah. leagues, the U uh, the USL one and USL two. Mm-hmm. So there are, other leagues that could potentially, you know, absorb all of this and, you know, move around. There was for a while the the NASL, the North American Soccer League, which is also a second tier team, uh, a second tier league. Uh, for a while, Raul was playing in that with the New York Cosmos when they got reactivated. Uh, um, Alessandro Nesta from AC Milan was managing the Miami club. So it's, it's quite, there is a grassroots soccer here yeah. in America and there are lower divisions yeah. and people are excited by it. But MLS is such a powerhouse. They do not want it. They don't even want to entertain the idea of it, which wow. has been quite. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's strange because you have, and a lot of players when they come play here, they say like, well, what do you mean? You're not, you're going to like tank the season to get a higher draft pick. Like, you don't want to tank the season. Like, let's fight until the bitter end and stay afloat. Wow. And when the European players understand Uh, how this works, it's yes, exactly. That was Zlatan Ibrahimovic's biggest, biggest gripe with MLS was that, wait, so the last place team gets rewarded with a nice kid out of college or high school or a, you know, whoever enters the draft. Um, like in basketball, you know, the last, yeah. the last place team gets the higher draft pick the following season. Wow. So Zlatan had a big gr- issue with that. He's like, no, 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 no. You have to, you have to be fighting, fighting for something, whether you're fighting to stay alive or fighting for a trophy. And a lot of other players have had similar experiences and gripes with it. Yeah. I can imagine. Wow. How does that now hearing this, how, how does that make you feel? Like how how shocking is that for you? Well, I think I knew about it. I'd heard it. Well, I think I knew about it. But now uh, I just think it's boring, and I think it'll it probably will happen here. If it's happened there, I wouldn't be surprised if it eventually happens here. They were talking about doing that, weren't they, with the European Super League? Yes, yes, that's exactly that's a, that was the exact basis. For the Super League, yes. Yeah, well, then I think it's over when that happens. I think it's over. I think I think, I think, I think yeah. the Premier League 
it is now in an absolute golden period. Uh, and it has been on and off for the last 15 years and um, 20 years. Where are we? Yeah. When did Liverpool win the um, Istanbul? 2005? So I think it's been in a yes. great... Yeah, they beat, my, they beat my club. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just... I think that'll be a real shame, you know, if that happens, because... They'll screw it up, don't worry, because it's it's uh, I think the Premier League is the biggest sporting product in the world, isn't it? Or something like it. Do you know? Yeah, no, it it look it is. It, yeah, for sure. Um, because you have the cash, you have Saudi investments, you have Middle East other Middle Eastern investments, obviously. Um, but also and of and of course Todd Bowley, American investment. <laughs> well, I mean, no, no, I mean but it's I mean, uh, I mean, on television, isn't it? Is it the most popular t- TV product in the world? Uh, sporting product? In oh, the world? yes. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah, it might actually even be more lucrative than Champions League in terms of TV rights. Right. So, you know, it's 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 that way, I guess, because it's really entertaining. And, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they do kill it. Yeah. It's, it feels like doomsday when, 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 you know, when that happens. I think it will be. What about the Spanish league? Is that the same? Do they do you know if they do they have relegation? Yeah, La Liga has relegation. I think if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, I think America is the only country that doesn't oh. have a promotion relegation. Wow. I don't know like Canada I believe has a soccer league, but I don't know how big it is because a lot of Canadian teams Montreal, uh Toronto, they're in MLS. They're in Major League Soccer. So I don't know if they have a smaller league uh, outside of, I think they do. I think they do. And I think it's quite small that, you know, it wouldn't, they would have to be like, you know, their own uh, entity, but it is. Yeah. I don't know. I I think it also doesn't breed a lot of competition either. I mean, it does to some degree, but it also doesn't because as you discussed, and as you said, it becomes quite boring. Yeah, man. I think that would be really boring. Wow. Yeah. Oh well, there it is. But yeah. you know, how many how many people do you get at New at uh, New York, New York City Football Club? They do pull in quite a few. I would say the average attendance to a New York City football game, according to Soccer Stadium Digest, is seven. Yeah, I've, I thought so. About seventeen thousand. Okay. Okay. Whereas Atlanta, Atlanta in two, 2022, their average attendance was 47,000. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So it's also, you know, Yankee Stadium is a huge, huge stadium. So it, everything just feels so much smaller in it right. uh, if it's yeah. not packed out. So, yeah. you know, they, they sell out the you know, this first rung around the field, which is nice. The first seats around the stadium. So. But okay. it is it is a good atmosphere. It is a it's a good product, yeah, for sure. I'm excited to see what this Champions League esque uh, competition that they're doing now uh, yeah. is going to pr- hold. Now, time for a coffee break. Curva Mundial is sponsored by Mod Cup Coffee in Jersey City, but you can get it anywhere in the world from ModCup.com. Mod Cup, drink modern coffee. Use code MUNDIAL for 10% off your first order. 
Kevin, I got a few more questions for you in the home stretch. Oh, uh, this pertains to Wolves. Yep. Yeah, these are rapid fire questions. So uh, if listen, you could I'm bring no back, I'm no expert. Retired... But go on, go on. I'm hopeless. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. You'll enjoy these. I promise. Go on. If you could bring back one retired, if you could bring back one retired player to your club, former player, former Wolves player, alive or dead, who would it be and why? Steve Ball, because you can't buy passions. Yeah, and uh, he had it all. I mean, it's close call between him and Derek Dugan. Um, But yeah, I go Steve Ball because he's a Wolverhampton boy. And he was the last of that, you know, what we were talking about earlier, a local boy, you know, loved the Wolves, would have done anything for the Wolves and um, never left the Wolves. You know, he was in the champion. He, he started off in the, the old fourth division and come up a flight and then up a flight. And they never made it into the Premier League while he was there, you know, on, on, only after he went. So, uh, but he just stuck with the Wolves. He had plenty of offers, but he stuck with the Wolves, you know, great guy. Wow. Okay. If money is not an option and you have an infinite supply of cash, if there was one active player today that Wolves could sign, who would it be and why? That you would want them to sign? Uh, I'd probably say Kevin De Bruyne. Um, at his peak, maybe. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Two or three years ago. I mean, he probably still is at his peak. But um, yeah, because he just completely changes the team. When he's playing, they're different, you know. Yeah, I think I'd go for him. Absolutely. Oh, good choice. Good choice. And what has been your favorite moment as a fan? Um, definitely. I've just seen them. Just, I've not, I know what it is. I'm just running a few others through my mind to see if they fit, but they don't, uh, to see if they challenge it, but they don't. Um, promotion <laughs> into the Premier League in, and through the playoffs which was just a really amazing day out in, shit, was it 2000? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, 2002. I believe it was 2002. Yeah. Or three. Wow. 2003. Sorry, yeah, 2003. And it was just great, just going there, and the atmosphere and everything just, you know, everything just flowed. It just felt right. I didn't really have much doubt that we're going to win. You know, normally you're nervous about these things. I just wasn't. I just felt Wolves are going to win. And they <laughs> dispatched Sheffield United, I think it was. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, I love that. I can feel like that excitement and joy. Um, it, yeah, that's definitely something to treasure forever. That was 20 years ago now. Wow. It was. Wow. But we didn't stay in the Premier League. We lost it one season, but um there was it was just great. And during That's the game, awesome. you can see they had the cameras up in the ground and they did they 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 um the cameras went on to Steve Ball, who was there watching the game, and the the crowd just erupted, you know, and they started just singing songs in his appreciation. It was just a great day. Fantastic. Oh, that's fantastic. Kevin Rowland, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for coming on and talking Wolves, talking Dexies. Catch them on tour. Listen to the new record, The Feminine Divine. Thank you so much. 
Thanks, man. Follow us on Twitter at Curva Mundial Pod and subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Curva Mundial listeners can get 20% off their next order at Football Devotion. For football designs with a difference, head over to footballdevotion.com and use code CURVA for 20% off your order. That's code CURVA.